0: Today is Monday, December 2, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. The first thing you'll notice is the horizontal red trend line running across the top of the screen. Most of you can identify or already guess what that number is if you can't see it in the top left. Part of it is cut off. It's 315.04. Should come as no surprise, that's the number on the page. Why? Because we've been talking about it over and over and over again as a potential stopping point for the market. Here's the important question. Was that the top? Will that eventually be a longer term top? Or is this just going to be a pullback and will make higher highs once again? Those are great questions. We don't really know the answers to those yet. We can guess. We can prognosticate. There's a word you don't hear every day. But at the end of the day, what we need is for the market to indicate to us a longer directional turn is in place. We don't have that yet. It's going to take some time. Right now, the longer picture or longer term trend is still up. It's just a down day. It was a larger than a breadbox down day. But it's just a down day nonetheless. Now, there's some nuances. There's other stuff. We're going to look at a lot of charts. We're going to pick it apart, peel back the onion, all that stuff. Well, obviously... Throw the bull around the horn. I also want to make a couple of comments on last week. Last week was a holiday week. The market went basically up all week long with the exception of Friday. We had very, very light volume and it wasn't just last week. We had very, very light volume for a while and we kept talking about one specific thing which is... Whenever the market does decide to turn down and have some kind of corrective move, they all begin somewhere, some get much larger than others, and some don't. Again, we don't know about this one yet. We're going to talk further, and I'm going to give some downside targets of things that I'm looking at. But the point I want to drive home is when there is a little volume that shows up in the market, and it does happen to be In the southern direction, you can see there's somewhat of a vacuum that develops on the downside. It really becomes more prevalent on the hourly chart. There it is, your Electrolux on the hourly chart. And the market continues and had continued most of the day today to basically bounce back and forth in between those moving averages, putting in a what? Basically some kind of a bearish flag, bearish wedge pattern, Call it whatever you want. It's a bearish pattern that likely will have a continuation move to the downside. We'll get to that in a moment. I want to bring up something that we discuss over and over and over again. It's the gap. It's not only this gap. We're going to look at the gap on a variety of different charts, but let's go see what happened. So basically, as far as I'm concerned, the gap to be filled was 31097 We'll call it 311, whether it's the close of the candle, open of the candle. It's basically a little tiny doji candle. We're going to call it 311. Now, when the market came down, it made a low above 311, so it did not fill the gap and began to trade away. Two things occur when that takes place. Either the market is very, very bullish, and it's going to rapidly trade away from that gap. It's going to leave it alone. It's an indication that it couldn't even get to the gap. That's how strong the market was. That's scenario number one. Scenario number two, it's trick trap fool and frustrate crews way of trying to make you believe the first thing is happening when actually they're going to come back down, hit the gap later and possibly and more so probably go lower. How do we know that? We don't know that for a fact, but it happens over and over and over again. So if the market was trading higher into the end of the day, we would be talking about something different right now. We would be looking at a target in the northern direction. The market finished poorly. We're discussing a target in the southern direction. What is that target? Well, it's 310. Maybe it's 309, 309.50, maybe it's 310 25, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood. Of 310 now this isn't a longer term thing this is a short term thing could they cut through it like a hot knife through butter they could is that probable or possible it's possible it's not necessarily in the probable camp i wouldn't necessarily put it in the 20 percent camp but at this stage it's getting close what happens if they do slice through it like a hot knife through butter where's the safety net Well, the safety net is down here at about 308. Why is it 308? Not just because of the 200 period moving average, but you have another set of pivot lows down here, which will under normal garden variety market conditions be supportive of price. Let's get a different look, a different perspective of 310. And then we're going to get yet another perspective or a third perspective of 310. What am I doing? building a case for 310 not really building a case but a case may be under construction based on the evidence 310 provides it depends on how you look at something there's always multiple angles to look at the same thing that's what makes a market so when you look at the 240-minute chart you can see here that 310 apparently was important or at least just short of 310 you can see here the high was 309.99. That has to be something. 310 is a big fat round number. We know that. But the market consolidated at eight time off the clock, right below 310, then jumped over 310, came back to fill the gap and took off again to our 315.04, slightly beyond, and then came back down. Where is it coming back down to? Retest a what? Former breakout or former breakdown area has to be in the vicinity of around 310 if you play by the rules. Under normal garden variety market conditions, the 80-20 rule specifies 310 should be supportive of price. Again, the caveat, is it 309.18 where the 50-period moving average sits on the 240-minute chart? Maybe it is. We're talking in general terms of From an intraday, intra-hour basis, the market can certainly go to some extremes. We know that. I mentioned there was even another way or another perspective that we wanted to look at 310. This time, we're going to use the S&P E-mini futures contract. This is the December ESZ contract. 3100, give or take, and there's some slippage between the futures and the SPY, but in general terms, 3100 is akin to 310 in the SPY. What do you have here? You have a couple of things. You do have an area where the market appears to have broke out from, whether it's 3095 or 3100 is debatable. The point is the visibility of what we can see. This is a daily chart. We're not looking to get it down to the tick. We're looking to get the concept of what we're looking at. When we refine it intraday, all that detail is found inside the numbers each and every day, all day. Let me finish the thought in the ES contract. In addition to somewhere in the vicinity of a breakout area, you also have a breakup candle low, 3,095.75. Again, in and around the big fat round number of 3,100. about a pivot low right here? 3,091.25. What would that be in the SPY? 3,09. So you see how obviously these two markets line up because they are one and the same. But the charts aren't necessarily the same. They don't always hit the same stuff. Case in point. Here's the hourly chart. Remember the gap that we looked at in the SPY? Here's the same gap. The actual number is 311.75, 31.11.75. The low here happens to be 31.10 and a quarter. So they filled the gap, traded away. Now they're coming back down. So according to the futures chart, the gap is over, complete, finito, no longer is an issue. They traded away from it, Now they're coming back down. They didn't really have a great trade away from it. So what does that tell you? It tells you the market is weak and there's lower prices ahead under normal garden variety market conditions. That's my read. Take it for what it's worth. Just a little snapshot from inside the numbers today. We have a 1050 post, a 1030 post. We're already zeroing in on the big fat round number of 3100. Not imminent, not immediately, already zeroing in. We started talking about the gap. So what this is doing is it's reminding traders on a consistent and constant basis of all the things we discuss here, but a whole lot more with the numbers attached to it to put together trades. Case in point, how about going up to the 1250 post so far? This is now a bounce and a downtrend from a short term perspective. The SPY would need to get above 312.50 and close an hour up there to get things going for the bulls. Hmm, 312.50. 312.50 SPY. What was the high over here? 312.60. So they went up to test an important number. How exactly do you use that information? Well, that information could be used a lot of different ways depending on what the market is doing. But today, as an example, traders were long the market, could use that as an exit point. Or on the flip side, a trader could be willing to take a short position Knowing that if we traded much above 312.50 and certainly if we were to begin closing hourly above 312.50 and stick, that was going to be bullish and that would have been an example of when to leave the trade. Once the market puts in a short-term top around that price, you have something to trade against, you have a risk-free trade on your hands. These kind of numbers are given inside the numbers each and every day, all day long, when they're available. I want to address one more thing before we leave the S&P. Back to the 31504. I actually stated and told everybody where I came up with that number. It seemed pretty simplistic at the time, but here's the deal. Those of you that have been around for a long time know that we've done this many times before. We've done it over and over and over again. And I will tell you that each and every time there is an element that simplistic involved it's not necessarily the only thing and this may not be the ultimate top for a while maybe it will be maybe it won't we're not there yet we don't know yet as stated before but what we do have are ways to figure out price ways to figure out time time is more important than price but this time it was price that may have outweighed time I didn't have anything time specific to really match up with the 31504 or whatever the top came out to be. We're calling it 31504 because that was an odd number and it's just fun to say. And that was in fact the number I came up with. So that was my number. They missed my number by 44 cents. They spiked my number by 44 cents. Imagine the nerve. But here's the real point. There's another one of these coming up now I'm not going to discuss whether it's going to be a high whether it's going to be a low I'm not going to discuss anything about it right now but what I will say is this one is time-based and this one if using the last one as a benchmark if that's going to be any kind of an important top whatsoever the next one will be at minimum of 3x it's not coming up anytime soon meaning in the immediate term It's not days away, it's not necessarily weeks away, but we're pretty close to weeks away. We'll call it on the verge of weeks to months. We'll keep the ball moving around the horn, we'll take a look at the VIX, and all we really have to know, everybody knows the VIX was up today if you're a VIX follower, but all we really have to know is, when the VIX drops down below 12, below 11, in that neighborhood, it's just a matter of time. How many times... Have you heard me say that? How many times have I been wrong? I'll give you the short answer. It's round. Zero. And it's not that I'm right. I'm just reading the chart. The VIX doesn't stay down there for very long. It's just the way it is. Someday, if that fact changes, I won't say it anymore. The IWM. Pretty big down day for the IWM. About the same or similar to the SPY. But here's where we are. We just broke out from that flag pattern. We had a big up move. The market basically did a U-turn just short of 163. Here we come down again. However, very important spot. Big breakup candle low, 158.89. And also a gap right here, 158.31. Does anybody think, and by the way, the third thing is, this is the breakout area is it the gap slightly above it slightly below it doesn't make any difference it's conceptual this is the breakout area like it or not is it logical that under normal garden variety market conditions the iwm is going to find an assemblance of support down there yeah 80 20 rule 80 percent of the time they will 20% of the time, something wacky has happened. They may open the trap door and everybody falls through. But that's not the norm. That's the abnorm. Is all this stuff in detail taught in the course, Lazy E-mini Trader? Yes, it is. And here's the funny part, and I'm not singling anyone out whatsoever. But at least half a dozen, usually upwards of 10 times a day, I get asked a question by someone that hasn't taken the course. How do I know that? Because I look them up. If you've taken the course, I give a detailed answer. If you haven't taken the course, the answer is, the answer is found in the course. I'm sorry. And guess what? On most planets, that's fair. Back to the IWM. So we know the drill. We know where the support should come in. Do any of the other charts look much different? No, not at all. Here's the hourly chart. It's doing the same thing the SPY is doing. It's basically edging its way, eating time off the clock, setting up for what normally will be a continuation move. How's our canary in the coal mine taking a stop down at the transportation department? Why is that line there as a refresher? 10,959 and change was basically the gap that was filled. The transports came back up to fill the gap and have been what? Rejected. Where are the two important price levels that need to be supported if the transports are going to stop falling? The first one is right here. I'm not 100% sure that I would take that trade with your money, but I would take the trade right down somewhere in this neighborhood We'll call it 10,000, 550, 540, 530, in that neck of the woods. And guess what? Your third area on an extreme is this pivot down here that happens to be what? Right below the convergence of the 100 and 200 period moving averages. The market's not going to just cut through that like a hot knife through butter if it's down there sooner than later. If this is three weeks from now, we're having a different conversation. But this is something that we're discussing for the next few days as a just-incaser. in Am I expecting this down here? Not necessarily. Is it possible? Anything's always possible where the umpire We're calling balls and strikes. How about the tech stuff, the cues They're a little bit ahead of the power curve as compared to the SPY. They filled the gap over here. They're really into this last breakout area, which tells me if there's another sell day or two across the markets, we're going to see, comparatively speaking, lower prices in the queues. That makes sense. A, they're top heavy weighted. They have the high beta names. They have the names we know, the fan favorites, the fangs, all the acronyms we want to use. Maybe the obvious is 200. I think the more obvious, at least to me, is a little bit lower. But somewhere in that neck of the woods, we should expect an assemblance of support. And again, this is the garden variety stuff. This is using the 80-20 stuff. This isn't the trapdoor. The S&P 500 is down 120 points by 11 o'clock. Not one of those days. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't know when those days are going to show up, but you can identify them fast and early. And we do generally identify them fast and early. Pretty solid down day for the XLF. Down about 1%, a little bit less than 1%, on par with the rest of the market. But you can see here that just like the SPY and other markets, they wiped out everything that happened last week like it didn't exist. But where are we? Right into the what? Last breakout area. Same thing or similar to the Qs. If the markets are going to sell farther, we're going to see the XLF outpace things on the downside and come to lower prices, comparatively speaking. Where was the low today? The low happened to be $2,993. If you remember that number, it's kind of ironic. The gap was at $2,992. You see where we left that on the screen. The reason why I bring up that number again is on the 26th, the low is 29.93. Are there any accidents or coincidences, especially as it relates to the market? There certainly are small coincidences. I get that. But in terms of stuff like this, there's not. Every number happens for a reason. Whether or not we can identify the reason every time, at least from how we look at things relating to the charts, that's a different ballgame. But here, it's pretty obvious why they stopped where they did. They came up short of the gap, which was the same price on the low from the 26th. And there's a very simple explanation. Shenanigans. There's nothing you can do with that information. It's just fun to watch sometimes. And by the way, other times we see stuff like that and we use it to our advantage to do what? To make money. So sometimes they're funny and sometimes they're not. Well, I suppose in the end, if you make money, it's funny either way. How about good old Smash Mouth, the SMH, outpacing things on the downside. So we know the SMH is a pretty good proxy for the tech space. It's leading to the downside. Is it trying to tell us something? Well, yeah, the first order of business is they're likely going to fill the gap that they missed on purpose and traded to the upside. Well, they're going to hit it now. Are they going to stop there is the question. And again, same routine. They came up short trade it away, do we want it now, no we don't, there's lower prices likely. They may stop at the gap temporarily to trick people, trick trap fool and frustrate crew could show up, suck some bulls into the market and then they hit them, pull the rug out and take their money and whether they do it with the SMH or they do it with the SPY, the ES, you name it, they do it and they do it all the time and that folks is a pretty good place where I'm going to pull the ripcord for today. But of course, before I do, I want to thank each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.